Hello, everybody. This is Jared, one of the pastors at Life Church, and uh, this podcast is specifically for parents who are um, interested in having their students in Life Youth. And we're talking about what the vision is for Life Youth that has to do with Life Journey. And so on this podcast, you're going to hear a recording that took place uh, live as sort of like a town hall Q&A. It was me and Pastor John Grandy and Roger Santini, our youth director. And uh, what you're going to hear is some of the questions that we couldn't hear in the recording are edited out. And so we do our best to repeat whatever the person's question was and then uh, carry on with the answer. So um, if you have any questions at the end of this podcast, feel free to reach out to Roger Santini, our Life Youth Director. It is roger.santini at lifechurchcanton.org. Enjoy. So we're recording this for uh, those of you who couldn't join us. So those in the room, please forgive the microphone oddness. Um, but yeah, we're excited. Um, we are here just to share our the vision of what God has shown us the next year in student ministry is going to look like. We're going to talk about some of the details and some of the logistics of that, some of the reasons why. Um, and this has been a shared vision and work between us three for since I got here, so seven months. So this is seven months of praying and planning and praying some more <laughs> uh, that we're going to share with you today. So I'm really excited that uh, both these guys could be here because they've had a huge voice over it and part into this vision. Um, I believe Jared's going to start us off with uh, just a little bit. Yeah, so my name is Jared. Um, for those of us who haven't met online or who are watching this later, and uh, I'm the associate pastor, and I've been here for exactly, almost exactly two years. And... Um, I'm passionate about this because I actually got my start in youth ministry uh, for about 10 years, did, did student ministries. And so um, so very passionate about the direction of this. I wanted to share just a little bit about my experience uh, in student ministries, and that was um, I was part of a, a mega church, and I, I spoke about this a couple sermons ago, actually, um, but I'll recount it again in case you didn't get to hear that. Uh, part of a mega church had like... I don't know, 800 middle school students in the program. And that's what I was in charge of. And then our high school program had like 30 kids. And uh, it was a Lutheran church, and they had a confirmation program. So once you got through confirmation, they just completely trailed off. So the 30 students that stuck around for high school uh, was mostly just because they were friends and wanted a place to hang out. But there wasn't anything like deeply profound that was happening. And so we had to rethink... Um, how we were doing youth ministry. And, and over time, our middle school students uh, group started to grow a little bit more, but then we also developed our high school program that looked very similar to what was going on in the middle school program. And uh, we had a huge budget, so there's a lot of things that we could do. We could do a lot of fun things, we could do a lot of events, and we did all of those things. And as a result, when you're kind of the biggest show in town, uh, you continue to be the biggest show in town because students at that time were sort of attracted to the bigness of our group. It's like, well, where am I going to go? If I have to go to church, I might as well just go to the church that has everything, that has all the fun stuff, um, that has all the students. And so we naturally attracted more students, not necessarily because of any of our content, I don't believe, but because you could go as a student and remain anonymous. And they're, yeah, as a, as a 12-year-old kid, as a 18-year-old kid, that's that's exciting to just go and just be, and to be where your friends are. 
Um, so we were already big, but then what happened is uh, we as a staff, we read this book because um, we're you know, always trying to figure out how to do youth ministry better. Read this book called Almost Christian and realized um, it, it sort of put, it sort of made sense to what we were starting to experience with students who were leaving high school, going off to college, going off to the workforce, and walking away from their faith. And in this book, Almost Christian, it put data to this story that we were seeing happening. Um, you know, students were going off to college in their freshman and sophomore year of college, and in this book, they were surveyed uh, about their faith experience and then ultimately surveyed as to why they were leaving the church and why they were leaving their faith altogether. And what they all had in common was that they recounted this youth ministry experience that they grew up, grew up going to church, grew up going to youth ministry, had a lot of fun. That's about it. I, they met a lot of kids and they, they um, had a lot of pizza, played a lot of games, went on a lot of camp trips. Um, even went on some mission trips, but never really came away with any true substance in their faith. Um, and so then when they, you know, took a class on philosophy or anthropology or something like that in college, uh, they began to talk about faith matters. And a lot of these students uh, just didn't really have a leg to stand on, they felt like. And so they're like, well, I guess I can't articulate why faith is important to me, so I I guess it's not all that important to me, and it's too hard to try to construct an argument as to why it's important to me, so I guess I'll just kind of walk away from faith altogether, and that's kind of the trend that's been happening, and you may or may not have been exposed to some of that data of millennials or even now zillennials walking away from the faith because, um, what? What's funny about that? I have not heard that. What? What? Zelen- what do you say? Zelen- I said zillennials. Okay, yeah. I've- what do you call it? Generation Jared just likes to make stuff up when he's up here. Like <laughs> it's a no, thing. I'm detracted. Keep going. Moral Keep therapeutic going. deism. You made that up. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, I totally made that up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, lots of people walking away from their faith, and so um, what we realized is, wow, we have to really change our content and and actually make our content. Um, future-proof and meaningful, and we began to reconstruct the entire model of the youth ministry where we put a huge emphasis on the small group atmosphere and started talking a little bit more about discipleship. What you're going to hear about later is not entirely what we adopted. I I think we were heading in that direction. We just never fully got there. Um, And and then we begin to see students really, really beginning to grow in their faith and articulate their faith and own their faith in completely different ways because we started moving toward a greater discipleship model, uh, really investing in leaders who would then invest in their students, moved away from attractional ministry where we were doing all kinds of events and fun things and had a huge budget. Um, and it really took off, actually. It really stuck. Now, fast forward to here at Life Church. I don't know a lot of the history of what's going on. And I know that there's been a lot of good things that have happened here at Life Church in the, in the youth ministry. And then COVID hit, and, and some, some familiar faces left the church all, uh, all at the same time to go on to other um, uh, ventures in their career, which is all great and good. But when COVID hit, uh, it made us rethink ministry altogether, as well as talking about life journey as a whole taking root in the entire church. 
And so when we were looking for a new youth director, we decided, what do we want this to look like? And Roger really kind of stuck out among the rest of the applicants because of his heart for discipleship and relationships. And as we talked about, how do you even begin to do ministry in COVID? Uh, discipleship and relationships continue to come to the surface. I want you guys to think, and you don't have to say this out loud, and I want, for those of you who listen to this later, just to think about, is there a person that you can remember, their name, their first name, you can even say it in your head, who had a profound impact in your faith, in your faith journey? And I, I can imagine um, that you can think of at least one person who you look up to. I can think of Brett Strait. He was a guy, I, I will always go back to Brett. He was absolutely profound in my faith because what took place is an intimate discipleship relationship. And so I know that this youth ministry doesn't maybe look like what we want it to look like yet, um, but we are rebuilding a foundation and that's going to take time and maybe stress and maybe pain, um, but a lot of joy as well in the long run, encouraging our students to grow as disciples who make other disciples. So there's a lot at stake here, um, but we are, we are putting everything on the table and saying this is what we're going to be about. And uh, we know that it's going to produce great fruit. So I'm going to turn yeah. it over to you. That was funny. I was thinking about my person. I think we've talked about this. But um, I grew up in a Lutheran church, and um, the, the pastor, there was a small church, so him and I got a lot of one-on-one time, especially when you fail catechism. The first time, um, the pastor spends a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with you to make sure you pass catechism the second time. But um, it, was, it was just looking back, I, don't, I didn't realize how significant it was. Um, he taught me how to iron. Like, uh, he let me practice on, like, the vestments and stuff. And now it's funny because, like, I iron stuff all the time. And Justin's like, why do you do that? I'm like, I don't know. And now I think about it. I'm like, oh, it's because it's, it's something I used to do with this guy. This pastor would take time to mentor me. That seems so small at the moment but was significant later. So that's, that's what we're going for here. That's, like Jared said, that's what's at stake and that's what we want. So um, what we're going to do now is I'm going to share uh, what our kind of vision statement for the next year is. Um, and then John is going to walk us, Pastor John is going to walk us through the specifics and the details of what that's going to look like, because um, a lot of that comes from life journey. Um, but the specific vision uh, for the next year is to lead every student to a deeper, lasting discipleship through the life journey process starting next fall. Um, so next fall, we are going to begin integrating the life journey process and the courses into our Wednesday night programming. So this is going to be something that every student is going to go through. Uh, and the goal is for every student to have gone through 85% of the life journey process by the time they leave their time with us after high school. Um, and John's going to explain a little bit what that's going to look like in terms of details and logistics. Yeah, so I was in youth ministry as well, like Jared, and that's where I started as well. So both of us have a deep passion for students. And if you could do a performance review on the church, have any, has anyone ever had one of those at work where they rate you on how you're doing? It's kind of terrifying, right? Well, then they have like 360 reviews where you get people who anonymously share, and they're probably a little bit more honest because they know that you don't know where it comes from. And those things can really sting, but they can also lead to transformation and looking at blind spots that you didn't see before. If you could do a performance review on the church... Student ministry is one of those blind spots that we just have not done a great job over the last couple decades to produce real disciples as they come out of high school. Um, as Jared said, it's been a lot of having fun, and there's nothing against fun, but we've missed launching them into adulthood. We've missed giving them what they need to be able to live out the Great Commission. Because when Jesus left, he said, I have been given all authority on heaven and on earth, 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything I've commanded you. It's a great commission, and he's given us that authority to do that. He was speaking to his disciples who were teenagers, by the way, young people, and telling them to go and do this. And somewhere we've kind of lost that vision of starting with students. We don't want to wait till they become adults. We want to start young and teach them this is what Christianity looks like. This is normal. This is what we do. Everyone has a mentor and is a mentor. They're pouring their life into someone else. And so we're really excited about this. And I I was just thinking as Jared was talking that him and I both have sons that are going to be in student ministry pretty soon. And I'm really excited for, for them to get this, you know, and they're both I think they're both going to be ready for it and excited about it. And I feel like if we didn't give them something to grow into, they might get kind of bored and feel like I'm already past this in a way and I need something to challenge me. Students rise up to that challenge is what I've noticed in my experiences. You know, they don't want you to talk down to them. They want you to challenge them to do something hard and do something that they're ready to take on and not speak down to them like, we can't tell them that they're not ready for discipleship because if you tell them that, then they're going to do it. So maybe we should tell them that, (laughs) reverse psychology. But they're ready for this. And so we want the life journey to be something that drives our whole church, not just our adults. And so I want to walk through how we're going to do that. Shay, if you could zoom out a little bit to see this whiteboard. This is the startup plan for the next year of how we're going to walk through. And Roger's given you a handout that will show you on these phases of the rollout as well. But our goal is that by the time students graduate from high school, they're ready to start discipling someone else. They, they've been trained. They know how to give away their faith to someone else. And the life journey is all about a spiritual adventure of leading others to follow, imitate, and become like Jesus. A spiritual adventure. This is fun. This is going to be the best thing that they could ever do. And they're going to feel the joy of being able to pour their lives out into another student who's younger than them. I'll explain what that looks like in a minute. But they're leading others. You can't follow Jesus or you can't lead others till you first followed him yourself. So we want to walk them through what does it look like to actually follow Jesus and walk through those first steps of faith and following or leading others to follow, imitate, and become like Jesus so that they don't just kind of play the, play the part of a Christian, but they're actually looking more like Jesus in the way that their life uh, is, is shaped as they grow into adulthood. So the, the challenge with the first year is if we want to get seniors next year through the life journey, they're going to have to kind of go through it fast. And the goal here is not to just get through it. The goal is to make sure that they feel equipped and strategically be able to experience this stuff, um, almost catch up to what they've been missing. And the seniors are a little bit more mature, so they can get through some of these you know, at a faster pace. But then the younger grades will go through it slowly. By the end of uh, this year, they'll all be kind of where we want them to be in the progression. So I'm going to share what that progression is. The first round in September... 8th through 11th grade, we'll start with Explore, which is our first course. And that's exploring the big questions about faith. Who am I? Um, Is Christianity flawed? Is Christianity true? Who is Jesus? Like These are really important questions that we have to wrestle with. Every Christian wrestles with. And so 8th through 11th grade, we'll all go through that together. 
um, they'll be, Roger, they'll be in this room, right? And then they'll kind of break out into their own grades for small groups. So they'll still have that small group environment, right? Yeah, they'll definitely have the small group environment. What we might actually do is just keep them in small groups for the night. It's something we have talked about too, but it's all the discussions are going to happen in a small group environment um, for those first, well, for this, uh, for this rotation. Yeah, they're all going to be, um, and that's the other thing. They're, they're going to be led through um, the life journey, not by strangers, but by their leaders who have spent you know, every Wednesday with them for years and years and years. So we're also going to be in partner with this, and sorry, I'm adding on a little bit, but uh, with this, we're going to train and equip the leaders to do this well. Um, we're not just going to throw this curriculum at our leaders and be like, hey, go teach the students now. Um, we have a summer, uh, really a conference training plan for them to get them ready, and we're going to do that every year to make sure that they are prepared to walk their students through the step of the life journey they're on. Yeah, so these courses are, are video-driven, so the facilitator or the small group leaders will walk through the videos with them as a facilitator and ask some questions, help them unpack that truth, and begin to live it out. Uh, so at the same time, the seniors will start with Encounter. So they're actually going to skip Explore for now. They can always go back and, and retake that. But um, we feel like they can start with Encounter and begin building from there as in their senior year. So they'll do that within their small groups, go through Encounter, which is the second course. This one looks at foundational truths and habits that we need to build our faith. So this is like, what does it mean to walk with God? What, is, what does prayer look like? Uh, how do I engage in spiritual warfare, which is a big one that we want to we teach them how to do that and, and know that we're in a world at war on the winning side. Um, what does it look like to um, read my Bible? What is scripture? What, what is that about? So we're teaching them these basics in the faith, in encounter. And then the second round starts October, November. So this is... Eighth grade is, is done now because we just want them to get through Explore. And then Roger's going to explain how the rest of the year is kind of guided by that as a theme. Um, but that's what the eighth graders are going to do. And so they're, they're actually done at that point with Life Journey content. But they're continuing to dive into questions that year and exploring their faith. And then ninth through 11th in the second round will continue on to Encounter, which we just explained here. Seniors will then go to Advance, which is our third Life Journey course. And this is all about discovering who you are. So they're ready to really wrestle with, like, who am I uniquely? They're going to know their spiritual gifts. They're going to know the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of them and how to walk with God and how to um, live like Jesus lived. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. That's the Holy Spirit. They're going to learn that. And so they're going to learn what their spiritual gifts are, what their personality type is, what their strengths are, and we're going to help them begin to put words to their calling. What has God called them to do? So this is pretty exciting when you think about a senior getting ready for college and life after high school. They're going to intentionally learn how they're wired by God. That's going to make the conversations about college and career a lot more effective and strategic to think about it that way instead of, well, what can I make the most money doing? You know, we all know that's not good enough. It's not going to be fulfilling. So I think those are going to be really helpful for you as parents in, in even you guiding them into what they're going to do with their career. I'm really excited about that. And you won't have to pay as much in school loans from the years that they waste 
not doing what they should be doing for their career, okay? So it's going to be amazing. All right, then third round. Is that, is that a guarantee? Cause <laughs> is that just, a okay. Pastor John guarantee? Nope. <laughs> That's up to you. Uh, third round is in January of 2022. And in this round, 11th grade will do advance at this point. And 12th grade will move on to transform. Now, transform is uh, our paramount course. It teaches them how to disciple. It teaches them how all of these courses come together and work together. The point of this is not to just check boxes off, like Roger was saying, through the courses. The point is to help them grow in spiritual maturity. And transform teaches that, like how you walk through this spiritual maturity through this journey and brings it all together. So by the end of transform, they're going to be equipped and trained to know how to disciple uh, someone else. And they're going to start discipling this, the juniors when the, after they get through Transform. So this is where it gets really exciting. And Roger will probably want to say more about this because this is his passion. But the fourth round in March, March through May, at the end of the school year, 11, it's hard to see here, but 11th grade will serve, do service projects uh, all throughout the community because Advance is meant to launch you into serving. The purpose of Jesus is to serve and sacrifice for others. And he said, take up my cross and do the same thing. Serve and sacrifice for others. So that's what Advance is preparing them to do. They're going to go and serve. There's great opportunities to partner with community organizations in that and just be known as the church that comes and serves. Like what an awesome uh, reputation to have. So Roger's going to say more about that. But then 12th grade, then, like I said, will be ready to disciple and serve with the juniors. So you've got seniors pouring into juniors. And in my experience, seniors like fall off the map because they're about to graduate. They have senioritis. They have their driver's license. They're just like ready to get out of here. But if you give them a purpose to stick around and you say, hey, you're going to get a chance to mentor juniors and you start creating this culture that it's cool to mentor juniors can you imagine? And you've got little eighth graders looking up at what's happening here, and they're like, I want to do that. I want to get discipled. I want to disciple someone else. Now you're creating this, this culture of discipleship in student ministry. And just imagine the kind of adults that's going to produce in our kids. It's going to be amazing. So it's really exciting to think about. So that's a kind of a snapshot of the whole process. Again, this is just next year. This is a lot. This feels intense. That's just next year. After that, eighth graders, every eighth grade class will do Explore. Every ninth grade class will do Encounter. Every 10th grade class will do awesome. Encounter number awesome. two. Encounter. It's two years of Encounter because those are such important foundational principles for them. 11th graders will do Advance, and 12th graders will do Transform. Does that make sense? So each, each grade, they're going through one of the courses and that defines what we're teaching them that year. It really lines up with them in their development as well. Because if you think about a junior is starting to think about life after high school and what am I going to do with my career and advance is perfect for that. So we really feel like it lines up really well with what they're learning. In eighth grade, they're just beginning to explore their identity and ask questions. And so we're going to meet them right in their own physiological development and help them navigate those questions and be confident in who they are in Christ. That's a mouthful. Yes. 
That's okay. Um, yeah, we're really excited about this. There's kind of two things I want to touch on. Um, kind of what it will look like for the rest of the year, and also speak a little bit about service. Um, like John said, this is this is the first year. It's a lot. After that year, the first six to eight weeks, you're in your life journey course as a student. After that, we are doing kind of what we typically do for a midweek, which is um, uh, worship, um, gather for large group messages, have small group discussions, um, have some events and, and some fun things in between that. Um, so the first six to eight weeks would be your intense life uh, journey course. And then after that, you go to what we usually do for midweek. Um, one of the caveats is what is going to happen is what they are learning in that life journey course is going to become the filter for the rest of the discussions they have for the rest of the year. So every week, the small group leaders get a, uh, a discussion guide from me that gives them, here's the big themes for the night, here's a spiritual discipline to do tonight with the students so we can practice spiritual disciplines, here are some questions to ask to stimulate the conversation. So what's going to happen is the filter that's going to go over all of that is where are they in the life journey. So eighth grader, you're an explorer, you're supposed to be asking questions. So I'm going to start tailoring the, tailoring the activities and the discussion guides that they have in their small group to really dig up those questions, see what some of those questions are, right? And uh, in advance, you're learning what are your spiritual gifts. So again, I'm going to put that filter on their discussions and their activities and lead the, the leaders to make sure that their activities and their discussions revolve around what are my spiritual gifts, how has God created me and gifted me uniquely to serve and to uh, participate in the kingdom. So that is kind of what's going to happen through the, the, the rest of the year. Um, another piece of this is you don't see 7th, 6th, uh, and 7th grade up here. Um, that is because for 6th and 7th grade, uh, the focus, and e each year kind of has a vision statement, um, and we're running a little short on time, uh, most of the vision statements line up with uh, the course. So if you are 11th grader, um, you know, you're going to be in transform, and that's going to kind of be your filter for the year. 6th and 7th grade, are, our mission statements are for 6th graders, to belong and for seventh graders to connect. So sixth grade, we want them to feel like they belong in this group uh, with these people and the uh, students and leaders they are building relationships with. And then seventh grade, we really want them to connect and for those relationships to become really deep and to be something that is going to last them for the next, you know, uh, six years. So there, they are. Uh, we're dreaming through what that's going to look like for them. One of the things we've kind of been talking through is um, them having um, some kind of special. Uh, experience for the first six to eight weeks, something like a house church or something that is more organic and more kind of laid back so they can really build relationship. Um, so they, they are going to have something for that six to eight weeks. It's just going to look a little bit different. Um, the other back half of the, that is different is, like we said, um, you see service here. Um, that is, like Pastor John said, that is something I'm really passionate about. Uh, students and outreach are really the two things I get most excited about when it comes to kingdom work. Um, and I have never seen anything be more impactful and powerful in developing for a student um, than going out uh, and serving in the community and being the hands and feet in Jesus. Um, maybe retreats, but um, we're not going to try to replicate uh, retreat experiences every week because that would be incredibly unhealthy and probably not end well. Uh, but what we can do is replicate experiences where they get to go out and practice their faith, right? The other piece of this is we're asking 12th graders to um, disciple or practice discipling 11th graders and the most effective way to do that is not really to sit in a classroom and to have a discussion, especially when you're first learning how to disciple. It's to be in relationship and discussion as you're practicing something active like serving. So what I want to do and what our dream is is that service becomes, instead of um, this thing we try to fit in off to the side because we know it's really good for students, it is something that becomes a part of our programming because we know it's really good for students. Um, so we're passionate about that. Um, you'll have more details for that as it comes. Um, we're not getting to that till the end of uh, spring next year. 
Um, I'm working on partners. I'm working on kind of the logistics, how that's going to work in terms of driving and where we're going to go. That's all some pieces I'm working on. Um, but that's going to become, after that uh, life journey course, that is going to become the centerpiece of uh, junior and senior programming is that they are going to go out and actively serve on Wednesday nights. There are still going to be opportunities for them to decompress, for them to gather, uh, have discussions, and celebrate everything that's been doing. We're working on what that's going to look like, maybe like a monthly event or something like that. Um, so they are they are going to get breaks, and they are going to have moments where they have uh, times to connect with the rest of the students and to celebrate and to relax and just uh, enjoy a little bit. Um, those will be built in there. But the main focus for them is going to be serving um, and for seniors to practice discipling juniors as they serve. Um, I know that is a lot. Uh, we have 15 minutes, so I want to make sure you guys have time for questions. Was there anything either of you guys wanted to add to the conversation? Yeah, one of the questions we always get is, what happens if a student is not ready for the next step, or they're they're terrified to disciple and they don't want to do it? You know, um, we want to meet every student where they are and provide opportunities. Like Roger said, there'll still be fun events and, and ways that they can come and connect. Um, there's opportunities for them to take courses on the on the weekends when they are ready and are normal life journey course progression. So not necessarily going to force them into it, but we want to create a space for them to, um, to come along the journey as they're ready. And it's creating a culture of positive peer pressure. You know, like if you see your friends progressing in their faith and growing in this and finding out what their spiritual gifts are and starting to use them, you're watching that happen, you want to be a part of it. Like students have FOMO like crazy. They want to be a part of it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If it sparks a desire in them to want to grow, I think we're going to see more of that as well. But there's no way to anticipate, you know, all the outlier things that could happen. That's part of, you know, what Roger will be doing as the, the main shepherd of the ministry, but then also the small group leaders to come alongside and track with each student because they're, they're having the pulse on their small group and knowing where they're at, having those conversations with them. But I think if you don't have these opportunities, then you're actually creating a space for students to stay stuck instead of have the opportunity to be challenged to the next step. So while that can be a pushback, it's also like if you're always treating students like the C students, you're never calling them up to become better and to grow into being a B student or an A student. So, you know, you almost want to approach, you want to meet everyone where they are, but call them up into their potential, into what's next for them. And if we just shoot for average, that's the kind of result we're going to get in the lives of our students. Yeah. And to to add to that, something I've been thinking about a lot, and actually it's part of the message tonight for the students, but, um, reflecting on Jesus' command um, to love the least of these. And he has this discussion with his disciples, and he talks to them, and he says, uh, it's as if you were loving me. I know you love me because you have loved the least of these. So uh, one of the things that I think youth ministry has done well, because we're not here to bash past youth ministry in any church or in any context and to say that, you know, they're all wrong. I think we've done a fairly decent job of discipling students I don't know we've done as good a job of creating students who are discipling other disciples. So if you're wondering why this, why this like intense kind of program or, or curriculum 
Um, why making them do it? Because this curriculum is designed not just to produce disciples, but to produce disciples who are creating disciples. So that, that is our desire, and that's why sometimes we're going to get to these points where it's going to be hard conversation with students about, like, hey, we, we believe with all our heart um, that God is calling you to do that and that this is going to help you grow into the Christian you need to be, um, just to add a little bit more to the motivation of, of why we're doing this. I have a thought and a question, but I want to make sure that these questions get asked first. So, uh, yeah, Renee. I was just yeah. going to say that. Yeah. So the question is, for the six to eight weeks of the course, is it just the course, or will there be other elements to engage them, such as games, things like that? Is that, is that accurate? And inviting, and inviting others. Yeah. How do, how do you invite others to week three of, of a course that's already started? It's a good question. Yeah. Um, as far as will there be other things, um, the answer is no. Um, it's going to be just a life journey, but the way the life journey is structured, um, it's video engagement, it's question engagement. So it's, it's really what we're already doing, which is focusing heavily on small group. They get about 40 minutes to 45 uh, minutes of small group time per week. Uh, it, that includes videos, that includes discussions. Um, so we're really just taking that piece and making that the whole 45 or the whole um, hour and a half or however, however long it's going to be. Um, so there won't be other things during that time. Um, but one of the pieces that I'm really passionate about, and I think, I don't want to say offsets because it's, it's, it's not a detriment, but something that adds to that experience is that we have leaders here at this church uh, who are fantastic at showing up for our students outside of Wednesday night. Um, every week I, I talk to students, or I talk to families, and I hear, oh, a couple leaders took a couple of students to go get ice cream or to, to go hang out and get coffee. Like, another piece of this puzzle is our awesome, amazing leaders who, when I got here, that was one of the things I'm excited about. I have spent in ministries where I have spent years convincing leaders, like, I need you to show up outside of Wednesday. And I got here, and these leaders are doing it without even thinking about it. I don't even have to talk about it. It just happens. So another piece of the puzzle is the fact that, yes, they will have that life journey course, and that's going to be the whole time on their night Wednesday. But there's also six other days, um, and we have leaders who are naturals at taking and spending time with students outside of that Wednesday night. So I do think that is another piece of the puzzle. Um, it's not like the only interaction they're going to have with their leaders or with this ministry is on Wednesday nights. There are pieces outside of Wednesday night for sure. Um, as far as getting students, um, you know, caught up, uh, that's, that's really on, uh, John kind of said it, but that's on me and John, me as, you know, the shepherd of this ministry and, and John as the leader of, of uh, this curriculum and this process of coming alongside the student um, and getting them prepared and ready for, for what they need to go through. Um, and I, I think there'll be very few instances where a student says, um, I don't want to do that, absolutely not, because the 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 work is being paired with, again, the small group leaders who have spent week after week with them, who have relationships with these students. Um, so it's not a, hey, do you want to do a class with a stranger? It's a, hey, do you want to go learn how to be a disciple from your leader who has poured into you and loved you and showed you that they care about you? Um, so I think there's going to be very few instances where we get a student who's like, no, absolutely not. I will not do that. Um, so I think... Yeah.
Yeah, and I think that is a, a very valid concern and definitely something we have thought through. Um, my my issue and my vision, and um, these guys can speak more to this too because we've had a lot of conversations about this. One of the things that is happening statistically in youth ministry um, is that it's not working. 85% um, of students lose their faith or walk away from it when they get to college. So when it comes to what are we going to do in an hour and a half, two hours, um, we don't have four hours to do life journey and other things where we need to get through life journey. So now we're picking and choosing what is what is the heart of what we want to accomplish, um, what is the most important feature of what we want to accomplish. Um, for me and for this church, I would say the, the heart and the vision is that we would, again, create disciples who are creating disciples in students um, and, and starting that process now. I mean, one of the questions, again, I'm going to ask students tonight because we're doing a series on discipleship is when does the road to discipleship start? When do you take your first steps? And when you look at Paul at Timothy, uh, Paul says pretty clearly, as soon as possible, <laughs> right? Start that journey. Um, so at that point, I think it, it becomes, are we, are we choosing um, what is most important? And I think what is most important is making them disciples. So it, it is going to mean that sometimes we need to do, choose intentionally discipling them through the process um, and not always the pizza parties, which not that those aren't great. We're having pizza tonight, which I'm super excited about because it's been... We haven't had a pizza party since I got here. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, choosing discipleship, I think, is sometimes going to have to be what we do. Because I think in the long term, um, that is what's going to be long-lasting. And what is going to lead these students? I have a thought that I could share, too. Um, yeah, please, please. I think, and, and I think there may be even a stigma with the word course. We've been saying course a lot. Yeah, and it's yeah. going to feel like a class, like a teacher up here and students out there. And I, I don't. Don't, that hasn't been my experience when I've been in the life journey. It's actually been very robust conversation. Um, granted, it's been around adults, but I think it's going to be tailor-made for the for the kids. Um, we actually have a senior who's going who went through Explore and is now an encounter. Yes. Elise Reed, and she's been yeah. loving it. So it's students as well. Yeah, and I think that um, I think it it maybe assumes that because it's a course that it's void of all fun. I think actually the conversation itself can, like it lends itself to being lighthearted. There's fun, you're talking about stories, you're talking about um, experiences that they've gone through. I mean, there is, it isn't just like, now memorize these lines and now we're gonna take this test. It's not, it's not at all that. Um, and so I think it, it lends itself to being a lively conversation. And I think also we're going to do other things like, so we're doing a movie night in June, yeah. but there's going to be other sort of on, on ramp um, onboarding kinds of activities for students to engage um, in, in inviting other students who aren't part of, of a youth group. So I think, I think what your concern is, is valid, but I want to make sure that um, we're understanding yeah. the element of fun that exists within what's yeah. happening. And there's, there's like a little bit, but I think the process works best when it's freshest, particularly with students. But um, to Jared's point, I mean, there are activities in there that I see uh, leaders and students having a ton of fun with. There's an illustration, right, where you, you practice putting on like multiple layers of clothes in one of the courses, I believe, I can't remember which one is right now. But there are activities like that that the, the leaders can take and make into something fun. Like to Jared's point, I don't think it's going to be a, um, you know, writing on the chalkboard kind of experience for um, I wanted to be able to share my personal experience because I have four children, three of which went through your stereotypical youth, your youth group, um, who are now adults, 
and who went through exactly like what was talked about where, you know, um, they graduate and you're kind of left on your own, go off to college, and they now have to make their own something that wasn't, they, I feel like they weren't fully equipped to really do. And they did find a place where they belonged. They found a place where they can have fun. They found a place where they could get away from normal weekly schoolwork and things of that nature, all of which was good. Um, they were even cared well for by their youth leaders and, and whatnot. All of that was great. But to your point, you know, they graduated and were left out here to now make something that they didn't really have. And so honestly, and, and now let me also share that those same four kids, we all went through the life journey and have made it through advance, all the way through encounter, explore, encounter, and advance. And I wanted to jump up and start dancing, hearing that this is now being presented to our life students because I feel it's very, very needed so that they can graduate and graduate well. Not to take away from the, the important part of them having, I, it was a little bit of a concern for mine. I know my youngest daughter, she never experienced what my three older kids uh, in the typical youth life youth experience she never did they she didn't have that so she was looking forward to coming in here and being a part of that but now what what do you mean it's not going to be like it used to be and is feeling a little bit kind of um oh come on you know but <laughs> so I mean I was a little concerned with making sure there was a little bit of balance here because you know she's my, my particular you know daughter she's doing virtual academy and she does some hard work and then to turn right around and have to come here and do some more hard work or <laughs> It's, it's grueling for her and something that she's probably being very extroverted, probably something that she would not want to, you know, jump up and down to participate in doing. So having a good balance, I think, would be um, an important part for me. But I appreciate, like we were saying, Jared, that there will be opportunities like having movie nights and things like that sprinkled in there. So there are things that they can look forward to, not to neglect that this is important. We need to bring this. You can't have it all fun. It really does need, or we need to equip our students. Like I said, I have three who went through it <laughs> and who, case in point, they didn't get, you know, what I'm hoping my, you know, my last daughter will, will end up getting. So I do have two questions, though. Yes. I found out, what you had, I saw that you had mentioned that you thought it would be okay for the 12th graders to start with Encounter rather than explore, and I was curious to know how you came to that conclusion, if there might be some, I don't know if it was just based on the current students that you have, or um, just age, I don't know. Um, so I was curious to know your thoughts with that, number one. Number two, what, uh, what of new students who come in who might be in, in ninth grade or 11th grade or something like that and might need to kind of start fresh with, uh, you know, with their journey, how, what would that look like? Yeah, good question. The question about why are seniors starting with encounter is literally timing. We don't have enough time for them to go through explore. I mean, that's just the honest answer because we want to prepare them to be able to disciple by the end of the year. Explore was created for people who do not believe in Jesus. That's the point of it. People who can explore the big questions and hopefully be ready to make that decision by the end of it. We're, we're hoping and assuming that our seniors have made that decision. Some of them may not have, and that's something the small group leaders are walking you know, with them through, but we're assuming most of them have made that decision. So 
while this course is, real, is still a great course and important, it's not as important as Encounter, knowing where most of them are at. Now, they can, we're running Life Journey courses all year round, so they can go back and take Explore at any time on the weekend. And that's something I want to make sure we remember is let's say a student is on vacation one of the weeks and they miss one of these life journey, you know, sessions. They can always take it uh, on the weekend and jump in with another course and kind of make up for that lost session. Or someone who's new can jump in and catch up on the weekend as well. Um, so that's the answer for that one. It's not the best answer, <laughs> I, I will uh, admit, but there's opportunities for them to go back and make up that, that course. What was the second question again? Yeah, if someone's new, let's, let's say they come mid, you know, in the middle of one of the courses, we're going to invite them to join in and be a part of it. And they might feel like they have to catch up or they don't know exactly where they are. But that's something, as Roger said, there's some incredible youth leaders. And you need to tell them that. Pat them on the back. I know because I know them. Um, I actually taught Transform for them and walked them through that experience. But they're going to catch the students up. They're going to connect with them and help them get caught up. So that might mean them meeting with that student individually and doing a couple sessions to help get them caught up. It might mean connecting them with an, on, or an online course or a weekend course and another life journey experience that they can be a part of. But we wanna, we're going to get them caught up in what they missed. Um, and that's a kind of individual experience with that. Um, I, ha- I yeah. want to say one more thing yeah, about... Renee, I'm sensitive to your thoughts about youth group. What is youth group? And there's no question we're redefining what youth group is. We're redefining what helps a student stick. And while fun and connection is important, we're going to provide that in the context of relationships. Relationships is what helps someone stick to church. And that's been seen through the research that ministries have done. And so... I had the opportunity to kick off this series that we're doing right now with students called Discipleship Road, and I joined one of the small groups, and they were having cupcakes because one of them had been baptized the previous Sunday. They were having a blast. They were laughing. They were celebrating, and Lindsay is their small group leader, and she just crushed it. And those cupcakes were it. amazing. Just yeah, saying. and actually one of the moms provided the cupcakes. So it's, it's not that fun is not happening. It's just looking differently, and it's actually, I think, more enjoyable fun because it's with your people. It's with the small group that you feel like you're getting to know. You have deeper relationship. Um, and I think you guys could explore some kind of like icebreaker in the beginning. Yeah. If that's something you could do to kind of break the ice. Yeah. And the, yeah, there's kind of two closing thoughts. I, we're, we're running into my leader's time now, so I'm, I'm going to have to wrap it up. But um, two kind of closing thoughts I had. Um, one of the things is I know we're presenting this strongly, um, and because we have on paper, it may be tempting to look like we have this, like, in-tablet, ironed-out, perfect plan. Um, we don't. Like John said, we're redefining youth ministry. Every church is. So one of the things I want you guys to know is um, there will be fine-tuning. Um, if we do things and they don't work and they're a struggle, like, we'll fine-tune them. We will adjust them. We will prayfully consider, um, is God calling us to something else? Um, this is the plan. Um, but we often make plans and then God shows up. I think someone said that recently. Was it you? I thought so. You say a lot of good things to me. So, uh, But yeah, I, this, this will change as we follow where God is leading us. On that note, one of the things I have observed since I got here is that God is doing something at this church. 
Um, this is not a convenience thing. Um, I'm not pushing and latching onto the life journey because it's an easy, convenient tool for me to use. Um, I'm pushing for this because I've just seen God move in this church with the life journey, with discipleship, with the way that these leaders of this church have pushed for discipleship and deep, deep discipleship on a, on a level that I've not seen a lot of churches push for. So part of what is happening here is not uh, Raja coming in and saying, um, I have this way I like to do youth ministry and this tool that I want to use. This is something God is doing at this church and has, and, and a lot of you guys know, has been doing for years. And my desire is for students not to be left behind. If God is moving in this church, then he is calling students to be a part of that, not to sit on the side of it, um, not to be um, Santa's little helpers, but to be deeply involved in what he is doing uh, and to be workers of the kingdom. So this vision, again, is not like just like an easy solution. It's, it's what God's doing at this church, and I deeply desire for students to be part of what he's doing at this church. So that's largely my heart behind it. Um, I'm a, I can stay longer if you need to go, and Jared yeah, and I can both stay you guys longer. Mind? Um, we don't want to cut you guys off if you have more questions. So, thank you guys. Yeah, I gotta go yeah. start the, my leader meeting. <laughs> thank you, Roger. Um, just another thought I had when Veronique was talking. I'm not gonna say the name, but I talked with one of her kids about and uh, about advance, and we were talking about how helpful it would have been if he had that in high school because he's trying to figure out what he wants to do for his career right now and he's in his 20s right or is he 19 he's 21 so he's still trying to figure that out which is a lot of young people are in that spot but what if we got that conversation started sooner then they they might have more clarity and confidence about what they want to do when they graduate instead of when they're 21 so we're actually saving them from a lot of from a desert of and this is a crisis in our culture, honestly, where a lot of students are graduating from high school. They're taking a year off. They're not really doing anything. They're just kind of taking a break, and, it, and they're losing time. And so we're, we're trying to be strategic with helping them get launched into adulthood well. Yeah. So for those listening to the recording, uh, Veronique just brought up that, yeah, that there, at one point there was 200 kids in this program. It was attractional, and people were brought in, and, like, how do you keep them there, right? Like, how do you keep them to stick? And um, I learned a really profound lesson ver- early on of a phrase that was helpful for, for me in my ministry uh, experience is what you draw them with is what you keep them with. So if you're going to be a church that, you know, uh, rents a helicopter and drops Easter eggs from the sky every Easter, you know, to get more people to come to your church. Okay, great. You've gotten more people to come to your church. Now what? Well, next time, instead of a helicopter, now you got to get a fighter jet. And I'm not even making this up. Like, like there was actually, there was, there was competition among mega churches in the, in the place where I came from. And whatever big um, expensive thing that some church could pull off, they could do it because they had the budget. And all kinds of people went to that church and it was great. Now what? Uh, what you draw them with is what you keep them with. What my mind goes to is um, teen suicide rate. And I don't mean to be morbid. I just mean to be um, uh, realistic. Um, And we have had countless students who experience uh, mental unhealth at earlier and earlier ages. And so what? it's, it's one thing to be attractional. It's another thing to be attractive. And what we believe is attractive is Jesus and a relationship with him. It's the only thing that's going to save. 
And it's the only thing that's going to draw people into a, a life that is uh, filled with new life. And um, if, um, if we would have done another game for a student um, that fell victim to suicide, would that have, would that have prevented them if we did another game of nine square? Was that going to be the solution to get them uh, to experience new life? And I'm not saying that that's a simple fix. It's, it's so much more complex than that. Um, but I, as a minister, I feel better at the end of the day if I can say we've put it all on the table to try to draw these close, to try to draw these kids closer to Jesus. Um, and I will say this: the the, experience, the middle school and high school ministry that we had combined was 1,600 kids. We didn't do a single game for eight years, not a single one. And kids stuck around. And we built a student leadership program. It was really discipleship. We just didn't use that word, though, because it had weird connotations for kids. And I think of two students. Real quick story. Christian and Evan, brothers. Christian was part of the program um, and graduated before, before we started to change things up, before we started to redefine youth ministry. He's now incredibly atheistic um, and has walked away from his faith altogether. Um, and he said, yeah, I had a lot of fun at my youth ministry experience, but that's pretty much it. Um, and now vehemently opposes God. His younger brother, Evan, w- went through the youth ministry when I got to be involved. And I saw something in him. I, he, I, I just felt like he had leadership ability as a sixth grade kid. So I started inviting him into things and then um, started discipling him, actually, in a roundabout way. And then we developed the student leader program. And I was like, Evan, I, I know you're young, but I think you could be a student leader. So he's like, okay, cool. So he became a student leader. He started investing in a sixth grade group when he was a sophomore in high school. And then he walked through with them through middle school. He joined them in seventh grade. He joined them in eighth grade. And then he graduated. He wanted to go be a doctor. And uh, he he ended up being uh, doing, what is it, Doctors Without Borders or something like that, just going to, to places um, internationally and... Uh, he became a doctor and, and um, administered medical attention to people in low-income uh, developing parts of the world, um, but also got a part to be sharing the gospel with these people. Two brothers from the same exact family, both very successful, um, but both very different experiences in youth ministry. One was discipled, one was not. Um, and I, I feel like I keep going back to that in my own head and heart as a microcosm for what youth ministry has become in America is just get more students through the door. Just get more in. It's like, okay, well, now what? Um, Thank you so much, John. John, do you need to say anything else for the recording or we can, we can turn off the recording. Um, Yeah. One thing. Okay. We're going to ask you to, to trust us, please. The life journey is a decade old. Okay, this did not begin with Life Church. This is th- this is the third church that Life Journey Life Journey has been a part of. Jared and I both have ten years of student ministry experience each. We've lived this. We've watched students go from sixth grade to twelfth grade. You heard his stories. Like, we need you to trust us in this, and we want to keep having the conversation with you. This is not the only conversation we can have. Let's stay connected. Let's stay talking. Let's. Let's debrief and process together. Okay, we're in this together. We want to be here with you guys. Again, our sons are going to be in this program in a couple years, all right? So this is personal for us as well. 
we believe in this so much that we're going to send our own kids through it, okay? So we're with you, and we just we ask you to trust us and walk with us in this.